Unleavened Bread Ministries presents From your hands, your feet, your side Unleavened Bread Bible Studies with David Eels I'd like to share something with you from um, Psalm 119. You know, Psalm 119 is the the longest chapter in the Bible, which is kind of interesting because it really focuses on the most important thing in the Bible, and that is um, prayers in relationship to walking in obedience to the Word of God. It's a very strange chapter in that um, the what appear, appears to be subtitles are actually the the uh, Hebrew alphabet or actually they call it the Aleph bet Aleph bet being the first two letters of their alphabet which is the Aleph and the Beth which is the first chapter the first subtitle here in Psalm 119 is the Aleph and then Beth is the second. And as you go on down, uh, the rest of the letters of their Aleph Bet are used with eight verses following each letter. And the beginning of each eight verses uses the letter that is being spoken or or is being used as a subtitle there. So it's kind of interesting how God designed this thing, you know, setting it all, laying it out in this way. And uh, like I said, the beginning letter in each verse uh, uses that letter. And also, uh, as most of you know, the gematria is made up of letters which represent numbers. So you're looking at the letters here that represent the numbers, too. So Psalm 119, I think, is um, most important in pointing us to grace to learn how to get God's cooperation through prayer to make it cause us to be someone that we're normally, naturally not, and uh, to cause us to receive His grace. To pray, because these are prayers. You know, when you read down through, you'll see prayer after prayer after prayer here, uh, or meditations upon God and His Word, sometimes spoken of as the law, you know, so it's um it's a very very important chapter. I I think I taught on it maybe three years ago, somewhat, and um, I just love it, and uh, it just uh, points a person towards grace from God. In other words, if you have any trust in yourself, um, you're going to fail. If you have any trust in man, you're going to fail. But if you've got trust in God through prayer. You've asked Him to help you to be someone that you naturally are not. You ask, you're asking Him to create in you the Word of God, which makes you a son of God. And you understand that it comes from God because of His mercy and grace. These things are foundational for receiving the grace of God and uh, manifesting the Word of God. So 
I think one of the most important verses actually is the first verse here. It says, Blessed are they that are perfect in the way. You know, the word blessed here is uh, Asherah, and it means um, happy, very happy. There are other verses, there are other words in the Hebrew that are also translated blessed. There's one that just means happy. This one means happy, very happy. <laughs> Blessed are they, happy, very happy are they that are perfect in the way, who walk in the law of the Lord. Perfect in the way. Glory be to God. What's the difference between perfect and perfect in the way? Well, obviously, perfect is a manifestation of God's purity and righteousness and and uh, so on. But perfect in the way means that He counts you as perfect where you are, along the road or along the path, right? And uh, glory be to God. That's what grace is all about, is that God can accept us as perfect. We reckon ourselves to be dead unto sin but alive unto God. He accepts us as perfect because we're walking in the light that we have. You know, the Bible says if we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. So, walking in the light. Walking in the light that you have. God considers a perfect a person perfect in the way when they're walking in the light that they have. You can't do any better than that until you reach manifest perfection, which the Bible also teaches. And if you don't believe it, just look get your concordance out and look up perfection. We're, of course, not going to look at all those today, but I'd like to just say a few words about this perfect in the way thing. They're perfect in the way if you're walking in the law, he says here, which is just another way of saying the word to them. If you're walking in the law, not standing, you know, but but walking in the law. And we're told in uh, Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 18 that the path of the righteous is as the dawning light that shineth more and more unto the perfect day. And, uh, you know, as we walk along the path, perfect in the way, walking in the light, the light grows brighter and brighter. It's like the dawning of the day, the sun goes up higher and higher. And the perfect day, of course, I would suspect represents the sun being straight up when there is no shadows, no darkness. The darkness has been totally conquered by the light of the sun, S-O-N, sun. And uh, that's the path of the righteous. And uh, what God is saying is along this path, if you're walking in obedience to the light that you do have, that's the very best you can do. You are accounted as righteous. You know, the Bible says faith is accounted as righteousness. Oh, praise the Lord. And so, in in Psalm 119, verse 105, it says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Meaning, of course, the Word shows us where we're standing right now, and it shows us where we need to go. If we're definitely doing that, if we are repentant of anything that we're doing now, and we're walking by faith in where we need to go, 
and we're walking in the light that we have, then you can't do any better than that. And God calls that, I believe, is what he's calling, perfect in the way. They walk in the law. You know, Genesis chapter 6, in verse 9, let me read that to you, concerning Noah. It says, These are the generations of Noah. Noah was a righteous man and perfect in his generations. Noah walked with God. What does it mean, perfect in his generations? Well, he was perfect according to the knowledge that was given to him in those days and um, in relationship to the people around him in those days. Obviously, there was very few people that God uh, accounted grace to, but the Bible says Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. And he was, of course, in the ark because God considered him a righteous and an upright person. And, uh, you know, God spoke to Abraham uh, and told him to be perfect. God spoke to Israel in Deuteronomy 18 and told them to be perfect. It's God's command that we be perfect. It's not something that we can do without grace. When God commands you to do something, it's kind of like when uh, God spoke to Ezekiel and told him to stand up. But then the Spirit of the Lord in him stood him up. And, uh, you know, what God commands, the Holy Spirit will do. We can do nothing by our own power, but we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. And we know that Christ did this. He did strengthen us. He gave us the grace back at the cross. You know, so if we uh, walk in the light, I believe God is calling us, those people who are perfect in the way. And I'll read to you Second uh, Samuel chapter 22, uh, 31 through 33. It says, As for God, His way is perfect. The word of the Lord is tried. He is a shield unto them that take refuge in Him. For who is God save the Lord? And who is a rock save our God? God is my strong fortress, and He guideth the perfect in His way. Well, praise God. You know, this is what the Lord wants to do with every one of us. Uh, there are some people, because of their doctrine, they really can't walk in the way perfect. Their doctrine uh, literally destroys them. Um, they're not able because they're not empowered by the greasy grace uh, that's been pushed on Christianity. Uh, you know, unless we believe that God expects us to be obedient to His Word, number one, and number two, that we can be obedient to His Word, if we will uh, walk by faith in Him as our supplier, as our uh, the power that we need to do this, like I said, the Holy Spirit stood up in Ezekiel at God's command. Uh, the same will happen to us if we have faith in Him and not in ourselves. He will give us this grace, and He will cause us to to overcome. You know, Second Chronicles sixteen and verse nine says that. The eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong in behalf of them whose heart is perfect towards him. And then, of course, he 
rebuked Asa. He said, Herein hast thou done foolishly, from henceforth thou shalt have wars. And of course Asa was wroth with the seer and uh, put him in the prison house. And Asa, Asa actually died because he didn't trust in the Lord, but he trusted unto the physicians. But at any rate, the Lord is just looking for those whose heart is perfect towards him. And um, he says that he will show himself strong in behalf of them. You know, is your heart in an uh, do you desire to be obedient to God's word, or do you desire to justify yourself? Do you desire to have grace and just forgiveness rather than the ability to serve God? Do you want to serve yourself and justify yourself and accept this greasy grace, or do you really want to serve God? Well, if you want to serve God, God says that's the person he's looking for. And um, and he said he would show himself strong in behalf of that person. Well, that's what we need. We all need that. None of us can uh, walk in the light without God's grace. And this is what the prayers in Psalm 119 are all about. They're all about us learning to walk in the grace of God and asking God, to be a partner with us in, in giving us this grace and manifesting this power in us. Job 1 and 8 says, And the Lord said unto Satan, Hast thou considered my servant Job? For there is none like him in the earth, a perfect and upright man, one that feareth God and turneth away from evil. Uh, this is what, of course, God expects of us. You know, Job... Job wasn't held accountable for everything that we have and understand in the New Testament. It's obvious, you know, from the Scriptures. But he desired to serve God. He uh, loved God enough that he uh, committed his life to God. He had things he didn't understand about himself. There were things wrong in his life that he didn't know about. But when God called him a perfect and upright man, it was because he wasn't attributing to him the things that he didn't see about himself. And in fact, to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. God attributes sin to the person who knows something is wrong, and they do it anyway. If we walk in the light that we have, we can do no better. We can do no better until God gives us more light. And that's the whole point about walking in the light. You're not standing in the light you're walking in the light. Some people are just standing in the light. They, they, Their doctrine hadn't changed in years. They don't know anything more about the Lord than they did years ago. They're just uh, standing in the light. But they're not walking in the light. They're not look, searching out the direction of the Lord. He might be uh, a lamp unto their feet, but he's not a light unto their path. And so, you know, unless a person seeks out the will of the Lord, seeks more light to walk in, they're not really uh, perfect in the way. Perfect in the way is to walk in the law of the Lord. You know, some people are quite satisfied that their religion has told them all they need to know about the Lord. They don't have much interest in God, though, do they? They really don't have much interest in God. They just want their religion to tell them they're okay. And, of course, that they're forgiven. Never mind overcoming. Never mind being holy. Uh, they have no interest in that. 
Uh, of course, if they did, they would be seeking God in his word every day, no matter what their religion believed. They would be delivered of idolatry with that religion, and they would be walking in the law of God. Praise be to God. So, now I'll read one more in Proverbs chapter 11, verse 19. He that is steadfast in righteousness shall attain unto life. And he that pursueth evil doeth it to his own death. They are perverse in heart. They that are perverse in heart are an abomination to the Lord. But such as are perfect in their way are his delight. So, the person who walks in the law, or walks in the word of God, or walks in the light of God, is somebody that's continually walking in new light. And uh, this is the one that God really loves. And let me tell you, this is the one that really loves God. Because they never get enough knowledge about God. They want to know God. It's important for them to know God. That's what loving God is. And, of course, Jesus said, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. You're not only going to see the light, you're going to walk in the light, right? They're going to keep these commandments. And in Psalm 119 and verse 2, again, we start with the word blessed, uh, ashireh, happy, very happy, are they that keep his testimonies. Praise the Lord. It's sad that most of Christianity doesn't believe that we can do this because they don't believe the gospel, the good news, that Jesus actually delivered us from our sin and gave us his righteousness. We've been empowered by the knowledge of what happened at the cross to be able to walk with the Lord, to walk perfect in the way. Blessed are they that keep his testimonies, that keep him with the whole that seek Him, excuse me, with the whole heart. Seek Him. They constantly want to know more about God. It's more important to them than football. It's more important to them than TV. It's more important to them than hobbies. A person who's in love with God, He is their hobby. And uh, they're drawn by Him, like the Shulamite in Song of Solomon, to run after Him. They're drawn by Him. They desire Him. They desire to know Him, more about Him. It's their consuming interest. They wake up in the morning talking to Him, thinking about Him, right? He says, Yea, they do no unrighteousness. They walk in His ways. See, God doesn't attribute unrighteousness to these people. People do. Christians do. Christians might have more light than other Christians, and they may judge other Christians as though they should be walking in their light. But actually, we're just held accountable to walk in our light, right? That's why we have to be careful when we deal with other Christians. We are accountable for what we know. To him that doeth, knoweth to do good, and doeth it not. To him it is sin. So, be careful, because... We're all coming from different directions towards the same Lord. And uh, I might not have the knowledge you have, and you might not have the knowledge I have, but if I'm walking in my knowledge and you're walking in yours, then we are right before God. They do no unrighteousness. They walk in His ways. And obviously these ways are 
like the highway of holiness. They lead us to Zion. They lead us to the Lord himself. In Zion is the king, King David, Jesus Christ, right? So they lead us to the Lord himself. These highways all over the world leading to Zion. Thou hast commanded us thy precepts, that we should observe them diligently. Well, you know, it's for our own good. It's not only to serve God. We can do nothing to serve God if we don't walk in the Word, and the Word doesn't live in us, because the Word in us is Christ in you, the hope of glory. But it's for our own good. You know, the owner's manual tells you how to take good care of the vehicle, right? Well, we've got this vehicle that we have to take care of and so that it can serve God. It is a, a means to an end. You know, this life that we lead, this body that we live in, this the family or, you know, or, or the associations, so on and so forth. The Lord tells us how to keep them in good working order. And um, it says that we should observe them diligently. You know, the word observe here, some of your Bibles probably have keep them diligently, which is a good translation too. Shamar, I believe, is the word. And it means to keep, to guard. Uh, it's used quite often through Psalm 119. It's sad to say that in these days, observe, to most people's thinking, is just uh, to look on. In other words, to, yeah, I know what you want, Lord. I can see what it says in your book, you know. But observe, when this was written, Shamar meant to keep it, to obey it, to walk in it, you know, uh, to, to guard it, right? And we should observe them diligently. Oh, that my ways were established to observe thy statutes. So we, we see what walking in the way, perfect in the way, uh, is. It is to observe, once again, keep thy statutes. We... You know, we, from very young Christians on up, uh, begin walking in what we know of God's statutes. And the more we understand of them, the more we're accountable to do that. To whom much is given, much is expected, the Lord says. So, he said, Oh, that my ways were established, as though it was something that God could do to help us here. And indeed, the rest of Psalm 119 tells us that very much. We, I don't know exactly who wrote Psalm 119. I don't know that anybody does. But the facts are, whoever it was had a very good understanding of grace and how that we need God every day to be able to continue to walk in in the way of perfection or perfect in the way, right? Oh, that my ways were established to observe thy statutes. I would say that he is talking about more, uh, not only where I'm walking now, but where I'm going to be walking in the future. We know that we're not only perfect in the way, but we're walking towards per- perfection, which is maturity in Christ, right? Uh, Christ being manifest in us. So, once again, he, he, you can see from this statement that he's not really trusting in himself, And he's wishing that he was, walking in all of the statutes of God, which we should all be, and which we should diligently seek out his ways every day, diligently seek his word every day to find out what exactly it is to walk in the steps of Jesus Christ, right? 
verse 6 says, Then shall I not be put to shame. Wow, that's awesome. You know, because if we walk uh, observing the Lord's statutes, we will not be put to shame. That's a blessing from God, right? And it's a very good reason for us to continue to seek out His ways and to be established to walk in His ways so that we will not be put to shame. And when I have respect unto all thy commandments, then shall I not be put to shame when I have respect unto all thy commandments. It sounds a lot like Hosea 4 and 6, right? Where we're told that um, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. And because you have rejected knowledge, I have rejected you that you should be a priest unto me, he said. And he went on to talk about rejecting their children because of this, and on and on and on. You know, we leave an inheritance to our children. The righteous leave an inheritance to their children. And, uh, you know, you raise them up in the way they should go, and when they're old, they will not depart from it. Praise be to God. So it's very important that our ways are established in the Lord so that we're not put to shame and so that we respect all of His commandments so that we're not going to be put to shame. Multitudes of God's people are being put to shame because they're in rebellion against the Word, and it's there for them. All they would have to do is go and read it and study it, and God would point this out to them. If they desired truth and to walk in truth, there's no problem. You know, if any man is willing to do the will of the Father, Jesus said, he shall know of the teaching. Anybody that truly wants the truth They will find it. That's what Jesus said. They will find it. The Lord will reveal it to them. He will put his desires in their heart, right? And verse 7 says, I will give thanks unto thee with uprightness of heart when I learn thy righteous judgments. A person is truly manifestly upright in heart when they learn of his righteous judgments. We, We need to be able to judge the way God judges. We get in so much trouble when we miss in judgment, when we judge out of context or out of order, we bring ourselves into so much curses, so many curses because of that right there. In fact, it's better until you know to not do any judging, right? Now, who art thou, O man, that judges? Romans chapter 2 warns us. And when you judge others, you judge yourself. And uh, that's true. When man judges, when Christians judge as man judges, they bring judgment upon themselves. And so we don't want that. A person can be delivered of great judgment if they would just keep their mouth shut and don't judge when they when they don't know. Right? Self righteousness causes us to judge before the time. The Bible tells us, "Judge nothing before the time." Paul said. When the Lord will bring to light the hidden things of darkness. There are things we don't see. God sees very well. He can judge. He can even show us judgment. But if we judge according to our our small thinking, we always get ourselves in trouble. We bring curses upon ourselves. And so I, the the best advice, of course, is don't judge until God brings things to light, and, and it's his judgment, right? As Paul said in Corinthians. Verse 8, I I will observe thy statutes. Oh, forsake me not utterly. I will observe, or I will keep, 
thy statutes. Oh, forsake me not utterly. Well, notice there was eight verses in the first, the Aleph, or the number one, <laughs> or the A. There was eight verses here, and every other one of these has eight verses after the letter of the the Aleph Bet, which is the way the Hebrews call it, the Aleph Bet. And Bet, you know, the second one, starts another eight verses here, and they're all, they all begin with the Bet, and on and on. All 22 letters uh, have eight verses behind them, and they all handle it the same way. And uh, verse 9 says, Wherewith shall a young man cleanse his way? His way. Perfect in the way. We, we need to, Our way needs to be more and more perfect. You know, we may be walking perfectly in the way where we are right now, but we don't want to get off the path. We want it to be the way, right? And the question is, how shall a person who's immature in the Lord cleanse his way, make sure he's on a righteous path, you know. It says, by taking heed thereto unto thy word. You know, we need to constantly renew our mind with what is the way of the Lord. The book of Acts spoke about, they spoke many times about being in the way, right? The way of the Lord, the way of the path of God, the steps of Jesus, right? Let everyone that says they abide in him Walk as he walked, First John tells us. So we need a person who loves the Word of God, who has this awesome gift from God. If you don't have it, you can get it. Because he's going to tell you in this chapter how to get it. How to uh, fall in love with the Word, how to have grace from God in your heart, to be who you need to be. He's going to tell you very plainly. And it Believe it or not, it's not up to you by your own willpower to pick yourself up and put yourself in this place. It is a gift from God, and the person who wrote Psalm 119 knew very well that this was a gift from God, but they also knew that God would give this gift, or they wouldn't have wasted their time praying for it. And so this is exactly what we're going to see in you know in this chapter. Taking heed unto thy word, God will give us this gift to take heed unto his word, so that we can see what a clean path is, what the perfect in the way means, right? Verse 10 says, With my whole heart have I sought thee. O let me not wander from thy commandments. Praise the Lord. Listen to this. This is grace, right? You're seeing someone who understands grace. Let me not wander from thy commandments. Can God put it in our heart to not wander from His commandments? It's, it's grace from Him, of course. With my whole heart have I sought Thee. You know, this is a person who loves after God, seeks after God, uh, taking heed unto His Word. They have, a, they have a right to grace. And God will give it to them because these are the people that God said He loved. And um, let me not wander from Thy commandments. You know, David, I don't know that David wrote Psalm 119. I don't know that he did. I, I, I don't think so. But at any rate, David had um, a tremendous understanding about grace. And uh, I'm going to read you something from First Chronicles 29, starting in verse 10. 
Wherefore David blessed the Lord before all the assembly. And David said, Blessed be thou, O Lord, the God of Israel, our Father, forever and ever. Thine, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty for all that is in the heavens and in the earth is thine. Thine is the kingdom, O Lord, and thou art exalted as head above all. Both riches and honor come of thee, and thou rulest over all. And in thy hand is power and might. This is it, folks. This is where we have to devote our attention. We need power and might. It's totally contrary to human nature to walk on the path of God. And the only one that can walk on the path of God is God himself. And he can give us this gift, and he will give us this gift. Now, in thy hand is power and might, and in thy hand it is to make great and to give strength unto all. We, if we're going to have power to walk in the steps of Jesus Christ, we're going to get it from God. And if you're going to get it from God, you first of all have to be interested in it. You have to be interested in walking on this path of perfection. If you don't, God knows it. If you're making flippant prayers for the sake of making flippant prayers, and it's not an effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man who desires earnestly to walk in the steps of Jesus, God knows it. Okay. If you need that desire to walk in the steps of Jesus, God has that. You can ask Him for that, and He will give that. And verse 13 says, Now therefore, our God, we thank Thee and praise Thy glorious name. But who am I, and what is my people, that we should be able to offer so willingly after this sort? Now, why in the world do we have a will to do this? Well, he just said, you know, it's in thy hand to make great and to give strength unto all. But who are we? What is this people that you have given this grace unto us? This little Israel, you know, and uh, this little church. What is it that you have given to this little church why have you given this to us? Is there any reason for this? Is there any logical reason for this? Well, that God chose you, that God gives grace, this is all true things. And, and if you ask Him for it, He will give it. He probably will put it in your heart to ask Him for it so that He could give it to you. It is all by grace from beginning to end. That we should be able to offer so willingly after this so God works in us to will and to do of His good pleasure. For all things come of Thee. Uh, you know, obviously the grace to be able to offer willingly comes from God. And of Thine own have we given Thee. See, nobody can really brag about what they give to God, what they do for God, or how they walk with God. Because it's all coming from Him. Of Thine own have we given thee. And you know what? When we understand that it is by grace and we walk as though it's by grace, this really enhances our relationship with the Lord. As long as we think like we can do it, we can handle it, Lord, step back, God, let me through. You know, well, um, that doesn't really enhance our relationship with the Lord. 
He doesn't give grace to the arrogant. You know, he gives grace to the humble. For we are strangers before thee and sojourners, as all our fathers were. Our days on earth are as a shadow, and there is no abiding. O Lord our God, all this store that we have prepared to build thee a house for thy holy name cometh of thy hand and is all thine own. You know, God is building a house. Um, His Davids, too, are going to build a house here in the New Testament. His sons of David are going to build a house here in the New Testament. It's not a physical house. It's a spiritual house. But every stone in that house is a creation of God. It is a child of God. It's a creation of God. And it all comes from His hand. And it's all His own. He is building this house. He is using this clay, these clay vessels, and uh, what He's putting on the inside to build these houses. I know also, my God, that Thou triest the heart and hast pleasure in uprightness. As for me, in the uprightness of my heart, I have willingly offered all these things. Of course, again, he just got through saying that this ability to willingly offer in verse 14 came from God. So he's fully admitted that. And now have I seen with joy thy people that are present here, offering willingly unto thee. O Lord, the God of Abraham, of Isaac, and of Israel, our fathers, keep this forever in the imagination of the thoughts of the heart of thy people. See, it is a gift for God to keep this in our hearts constantly while we seek him and desire after him and become that temple that he so wants in the earth. And to prepare their heart unto thee and give unto Solomon my son a perfect heart to keep thy commandments, thy testimonies, and thy statutes and to do all these things and to build the palace uh, for for which I have made provision. Just a little taste of the understanding of the grace that that David had. You know, that everything that we are comes from God. All that we're going to be comes from God. And we have to make sure that, first and foremost, we're asking God for these things. God can work it in us. He will do it if we ask Him to. And that's what these prayers in Psalm 119 are all about, is that we would understand this and that we would ask for this. And verse 11 of Psalm 119 says, Thy word have I laid up in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Amen. You put the word of God in your heart. It is the word that um, enables us not to sin against God because the word is what gives us life, the life of God. Matter of fact, verse 50 of this same chapter says, This is my comfort in my affliction, for thy word hath quickened me. The word quickened means gives life to. He, the word of God gives us life. He said, Thy word have I laid up in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Stay close to the word. Get good habits of study. You know, uh, every day study the Word of God. Let God know that you think this is more important to you than the things of the world. Um, so study the Word of God every day. Put it before your eyes every day. Verse 93 of this chapter says, I will never forget thy precepts. 
for with them thou hast quickened me. With them thou hast made me alive. If you're dead, there's nothing you can do to serve God. But if you've got his Zoe life, because the word abides in you and you love the word and you love to seek out God, then you won't be sinning against him. This, this we need, diligent search after God. You know, the Shulamite said, draw me. We will run after thee. It's very interesting. That's a prophetic revelation there that the Shulamite represents a we. Draw me. We will run after thee. She understood grace. She understood that there's no possibility of us running after God unless we ask him to draw us to run after him. And the Shulamite represents the bride, the corporate bride. That's why she said, we will run after thee. One nineteen and 12 says, Blessed art thou, O Lord, teach me thy statutes. Amen. You know, I, the most diligent prayer I prayed, I told you when I was young, was, Lord, I want to know the truth. Give me the truth. And I tell you, God can answer that to the uttermost. Matter of fact, let me see. Look in First uh, Kings. I, this just came before my eyes recently. First Kings chapter three, and verse twelve. I said to the Lord, Lord, give me a word. This was in September of two thousand and five. I said, Lord, give me a word. I flipped my Bible up and stuck my finger down on. Right on 12, verse 12, the number 12. I stuck my finger right on it, so I read the verse. It said, Behold, I have done according to thy word. <laughs> yeah, I asked him for a word, right? He said, Behold, I have done according to thy word. I have given thee a wise and understanding heart, so that there hath been none like unto thee before thee, neither after thee shall any arise like unto thee. Well, you know, when I was very young in the Lord, I told you that the Lord kept putting this prayer in my heart. Lord, I want to know the truth. Lord, show me wonders out of your word. Psalm 119 speaks about that too. Reveal to me your truth. Open my understanding. Give me eyes to see. I prayed these prayers over and over and over. And uh, and the Lord sent prophets to me to tell me that he was going to give me wisdom and understanding for his church. Well, so I got this this right here on um, September the 18th of 05. And then I said, well, okay, Lord. I asked the Lord another thing. I said, Lord, give me your wisdom because of that verse. I said, Lord, give me your wisdom. I closed my Bible. I opened it up again, stuck my finger down on this word, of, of. But it was the wisdom of Solomon. I stuck my finger down right in the middle of that. And that's in uh, 1 Kings uh, 5 and 34. And there, there came of all peoples to hear the wisdom of Solomon from all kings of the earth who had heard of his wisdom, so on and so forth. God is the only one that can do that. But if you ask him to, you can't take any credit for it when he does do it. But if you ask him to, he will do it. If you ask him to give you grace, he will do it. If you ask him to give you truth, if you ask him uh, that you might not sin against him, if you ask him these things, he will do it. He promised to do it. Jesus promised to do it. 
All things whatsoever you pray and ask for, believe you received them, and you shall have them. Wow. <laughs> this is awesome. This is a really good deal that the Lord's given us. We, we need to ask him all things. We need to ask him everything because we're letting him know when we do that that we don't believe we can do it without his help, but we believe he will give us his help. That's what you do when you pray, right? You're letting God know that, aren't you? And uh, believe me, that's the relationship he wants with people. He doesn't, doesn't like self-righteous people. There's really nothing in man that would enable them to approach unto God. Blessed is the man that thou choosest and causes to approach unto thee. That's what he said. You know, he causes you to approach unto him. Oh, glory to God. This is the understanding of grace that we've got to have in order to have a right relationship with the Lord. That's what Psalm 119 teaches about our relationship with the Word and how we can come to know it and how we can be taught it and how the Lord will give us the gifts in it. Blessed art thou, O Lord, verse 119 and 12, teach me thy statutes with my lips have I declared all the ordinances of thy mouth. So we are agreeing with God's word. How can two walk together except they be agreed? With our mouth, we need to say what God says. We need to agree with his promises towards us in order to have his miracles and provisions. We need to agree with his word uh, let God be true and every man a liar that thou mightest be justified in thy words and might prevail when thou comest into judgment, Paul said in Romans chapter 3, right? We want to prevail in judgment. We want to be blessed as we walk through this wilderness world, you know. And it'll come because we put our trust in Him. Amen? With thy, my lips have I declared all the ordinances of thy mouth, I have rejoiced in the way of thy testimonies, as much as in all riches. Well, you know, are God's testimonies more valuable to you than all riches? Anything of this world, any hobby, any person, anything? Well, you know, I think that's one reason God in this in these days is taking away all of man's toys. All of the prosperity. He's doing it, folks. If you haven't seen it yet, you will soon. He is doing it because it's an idolatry. You know, the Bible says if the love of the world is in you, the love of the Father is not. So we need to repent because we need to rejoice in his testimonies more than all the riches, anything in this world, right? I will, And if you don't have this, ask God for it. As, I, as we were speaking. I will meditate on thy precepts and have respect unto thy ways. I will delight myself in thy statutes. I will not forget thy word. Praise God. We will do these things when we understand that God gives grace to do these things. And, and it's there for the asking. I will meditate on thy precepts and have respect unto thy ways. I will delight myself in thy statutes. You know, let's let's speak and agree with our prayers. Let's ask these things of God. We need to diligently seek the Lord. We need to diligently put his word into our hearts. We need to do this every day. 
The cumulative effect of seeking God and His Word at the end of a lifetime is tremendous. But fools run around seeking the world and the things of the world and twitter away this awesome gift that God said He would give us. The cumulative effect of diligently seeking the Lord every day, laying aside time for the Lord every day, to seek Him in His Word and to put His Word in our hearts and to meditate on His precepts and delight delight ourselves in His statutes, this is what is going to cause us to mature very quickly. I know a lot of people entered the kingdom. I knew a lot of people who entered the kingdom at the same time I did. And I tell you, very few of them are still with God today. And and and. Some of them are not very mature in the Lord. They're still caught up in dead religion and so on and so forth. But uh, God gave grace to me to desire to continue to run after Him. And I look around me and a lot of those people aren't with me anymore. And, uh, you know, every one of us needs to seek God for His grace to be what we cannot be otherwise. And He will give us that grace. And verse 17 says, Deal bountifully with thy servant that I may live. Amen. There's there's an understanding of grace. You give it to me, Lord, and I'll live. Deal bountifully with me, and I will live. And so will I observe thy word. I'm going to read to you Romans chapter 9. It would do good for everybody to read Romans chapter 9. It's a revelation of God's grace to God's chosen vessels, right? I'm going to read 15 and 16. It says, For he saith to Moses, I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy. And I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. So then it's not of him that willeth. In other words, you can't work this up in yourself. Nor of him that runneth. You're not powerful enough to please God, right? but of God that has mercy. We have no hope except for God having mercy upon us. And frankly, the fact that he has drawn you to him and given you a new spirit means that he has given you the right to come boldly before his throne and ask for everything you need, everything you need, right? including mercy. And I like 22 and 23, too. He says, What if God, willing to show His wrath and to make His power known, endured with much long-suffering vessels of wrath fitted unto destruction, and that He might make known the riches of His glory upon vessels of mercy, which He afore prepared unto glory? He is preparing and has prepared and prepared actually from the foundation of the world um, vessels of mercy. And why putting? Why does he put up so patiently with these vessels of wrath? So that there might be a comparison. You know, people can clearly look out there and see who's got grace from God and who doesn't. And what it takes to have grace from God and what will cause you to miss out. And, of course, Psalm 119 does the exact same thing. Deal bountifully with thy servant that I may live, so will I observe thy word. You give me grace, Lord, I will observe your word. 
there are many people, many worthless people among the people of God have no desire to serve Him. They have a desire to be seen and admired by men. They have many selfish ambitions, but they're really not seeking to be godly. In verse 18, Open thou mine eyes that I may behold wondrous things out of thy law. Boy, this is a good one here. God's got so many things, so many hidden things in his word that would just excite us. And he can show us these things. It's the glory of God to conceal a thing, and it's the glory of kings to seek it out, right? Praise God. Lord, open my eyes. Another good prayer. Open my eyes that I may behold wondrous things out of thy law. Grace. It comes grace. If we ask God for truth, he will give us truth. And he don't necessarily do it overnight, but if we ask him for it, again, the accumulative effect before the end of our life, we'll bring all these things to pass. Yeah. He said, I am a sojourner in the earth. Hide not thy commandments from me. Many things are hidden. First, we've got to have a love to seek them out, a love to search out the Word, a love to find out what it is that pleases God and find out what it is that doesn't please God. If you love God, you'll do that. If you love me, you'll keep my commandments. That's what he said. Don't hide your commandments from me, Lord. That's what he's saying. Reveal them to me. Help me to understand them. And verse 20 says, My soul breaketh for the longing that it hath unto thine ordinances at all times. That's a gift from God right there. That is a gift from God. Not everybody gets that. You know, in the parable of the sower, it's a sad thing when you read that to realize that many people... Start out with God, they get distracted, and the seed that God sowed in their heart gets plucked up or dies, withers from the sun, gets taken over by the thorns, uh, so on and so forth. But to have this desire all of your life, to know God's ordinances at all times, to have this longing in your heart, that's a gift from God. Go to Him and ask Him for it. He will give it to you. Thou has rebuked, I've had times, folks, I have to tell you, all of my Christian life, I don't think I've ever backslidden in my Christian life. I haven't ever backslidden in my Christian life. I've never backslid. I've made mistakes, I've failed, but I've always desired after God. And every time I feel this desire waning for the Word of God and for truth, I go to God and I ask Him to bring it back. And He brings it back. It's by grace. He just wants you to know it's by grace. He, he just wants you to know that this gift is continually coming to you as it's feeding you as you're abiding in the vine, right? You know, like Brother Willie Poe was talking about recently, you know. You abide in the vine, the sap keeps flowing. Okay, so we got to have that sap flowing or we're just going to die on the vine, folks. It's a gift from God. You know, if your soul is longing after God, that's a gift from Him. Ask him for it. Thou hast rebuked the proud that are cursed, that do wander from thy commandments. And there are many. Three out of every four do this. Matthew 13, the parable of the sower. Three out of every four do this. There are many in the world right now who started out with God. They thought it was just a simple thing of accepting Jesus as their personal Savior. And first time they got tried, they failed. 
because they didn't have any word in their heart. And um, they sought to lift themselves up by their bootstraps, or they thought that their religion was giving them enough to be able to stand for God, and they kept failing and failing, and they give up and they went back in the world. And the world is full of these people. But to continue to walk with God is a gift. These people who wander from God's commandments, they don't know it's by grace, and they don't love God enough to continue to ask Him to do this in them. Verse 22 says, Take away from me reproach and contempt, for I have kept thy testimonies. Well, obviously, you know that if we do keep his testimonies, the Lord will take away from us reproach and contempt. Not that we won't be hated by the world, but um, I remember in uh, Psalm 25 and 3, which God gave to me recently concerning uh, a certain person who was uh, persecuting and taking advantage and lying and slandering and so on and so forth. In 25 and 3, he gave this to me. This is a word he gave to me. He said, Yea, none that wait for thee shall be put to shame. They shall be put to shame that deal treacherously without a cause. And also, verse 5 fits very good too. Guide me in thy truth and teach me, for thou art the God of my salvation. For thee do I wait all the day. So, again, Understanding This is David's understanding of grace, too. Not only did the Holy Spirit speak this through him, but he understood. Guide me in thy truth. Teach me, for thou art the God of my salvation. And he is, of course, waiting upon the Lord to bring this to pass. Hallelujah. In verse, back in verse 23 of Psalm 119, it says, Princes also sat and talked against me, but thy servant did meditate on thy statutes. Yeah, there's nothing really that will drive you to the Lord like, you know, those enemies from without, you know, those uh, persecutors, those slanderers, those liars, those that take advantage of you, steal from you, so on and so forth, you know. Nothing will drive you to the Word like that, you know, because you know in the Word there is comfort. There, In the Word there is direction from God. In the Word there is promise from God as to what He will do for you to defend you from your enemies. Oh, hallelujah. There is great, great comfort in God's Psalms. Thy testimonies also are my delight and my counselors. The word my counselors there actually is the men of my counsel. (laughs) You know, in the abundance of counselors, there is safety, the Bible says. In the abundance of counselors, there is wisdom, the Bible says. You know, we need the counselors, and we need God's counselors, too, not the counselors of this world or religion. We need God's counselors. We need the, the Word of the Lord. We don't need any, we have no need that any man, according to First John, would teach us. We have an anointing from the Holy One. We want to hear the Word of God, don't we? We want to hear His counsel. Any teacher worth his salt is, of course, one who is teaching God's counsel, not his own. And, uh, well, whoever wrote this, you know, gave us a good prayer. Thy testimonies also are my delight and my counselors. We need 
the Hebrew says, the men of my counsel. You know, some man wrote this by the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Now, that's the counselor I want right there. How about you? Psalm 119 and 25, which says, My soul cleaveth unto the dust. Quicken thou me according to thy word. <laughs> it's so true, isn't it? We, you know, our our nature cleaves to the the worldly. You know, it's uh, it has a hold on us, but we need God's grace. And so He says, "Quicken thou me according to thy word." In other words, make me alive. If if left to ourselves. We would degenerate just like all the rest of the world has from the time of Adam till now. If left alone, we would deteriorate, we would fall to pieces, we would have no strength from God, we would depend upon our own, and we would uh, fail God miserably, as all mankind has up until this day. So, we need strength from God. We go to Him to get it. It proves His grace. He wants us to acknowledge His grace all the time. He said, I declared my ways, and Thou answerest me. Teach me Thy statutes. And of course, you know, if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. You know, There's power in confessing our failures to the Lord. And the fact that, Lord, You already know that my soul cleaveth unto the dust. And um, this is this is where I would gravitate without your grace. So please quicken me. Please make me alive. Please give me your grace. And teach me your statutes. And verse 27, Make me to understand the way of thy precepts. So shall I meditate on thy wondrous works. We need understanding from God. Uh, you know, you can read the Word daily and never not really know what it what it's saying. There are people that have memorized the Word and they quote it freely, but when you slow down and you just think about what they're saying, it doesn't seem to represent the truth that they're trying to put forth. And uh, or it, what they're saying is not truth. And it's contrary to the verse that they're quoting. And um, it's like the Lord spoke to me many, many years ago and told me to eat the Word, you know, not like a hog. Don't eat like a hog, you know. Just swallow it down. You don't even know what you ate, you know. It's just swallowed down, you know. And, uh, you know, we need to slow down and think about the Word and ask God to reveal it to us and uh, make us to understand it, not just quote it. Some some people that amaze people with their knowledge of being able to quote Bible verses uh, don't really know what they say. In verse 28 says, My soul melteth for heaviness. Strengthen thou me according to thy word. Well, we, we read from David's writings in 1 Chronicles 29 that God has power to give strength unto all. And um, he just wants us to ask him for it. Strengthen thou me according to thy word. I think this is a good prayer to pray every day. And you know, God has put many of these prayers in here for us to 
read and say, yep, that's me, Lord, I want that. That's what I want, you know. It reminds us. You know, the Lord says you have not because you ask not. And, you know, uh, so so ask. You know, Jesus said, ask, that your joy may be full, you know. Ask the Lord. Remove from me the way of falsehood, and grant me thy law graciously. Yes, we need to ask God for that. Some, you know, it's very, our soul cleaveth, cleaveth to the dust, and uh, many times we see things the way we want to see things, which we think is advantageous to us to believe it this way, but um, it's really not the truth. We need uh, the Lord, the Lord's grace to remove us from falsehood. False doctrines can easily be dispelled if taken in context, if the understanding which Psalm 119 gives us, uh, the sum of thy words is truth, is taken into account, and um, that we're leaving some things out. Lord, help us. Help us um, deliver us from falsehood. We We've put together some verses here, and we believe this because of these verses, but there are other verses that need to straighten us out on this. Help us, Lord. I've chosen the way of faithfulness. Thine ordinances have I set before me. Amen. We can do this. We have, we can ask God to give us the gift to do this, actually, you know, to, to spend time. You know, when I, when I worked, I worked for Exxon many years ago. And um, I worked there as a machinist and then as a supervisor and as a specialist and different jobs I had there. But, you know, I'd get up at 4 o'clock in the morning. Every morning I'd get up at 4 o'clock. And I'd read the Bible until it was time to go to work. And uh, I just, those those days really strengthened me to be what I needed to be. And... Um, if we're choosing the way of the Lord, we need to spend time. I mean, your work can't take the place of the Word of God. We're not here to make a living. Actually, we're here to serve the Lord. And those things all got to take second place to the Lord. You know, seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, as he says. Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And all these other things will be added unto you. Some people spend all their life working to make a living. And if they just realized if they sought the kingdom of God and His righteousness, the Lord would make them a living. You know? And, uh, of course, some of the things that they are striving after and loving after uh, are not necessary. And if you did seek the Lord, you'd realize that and wouldn't waste your life. It's a waste of a life to seek for what the world calls success. It is a waste of a life. Some... We were talking a while ago about children sending their parents sending their children off to college. You know, they think this is what you have to have to have success. Well, from whose point of view? How many kids come back from college totally unbelieving in the ways of the Lord? Atheists, you know, in the ways of God. So is that really worth it? Is it really Worth it to have success in the eyes of the world, but have nothing in the eyes of the Lord? I think we're running out of time for people to seek success from the world. I think the most important thing right now, more than ever, that Jesus spoke was 
Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. This is the education you need now to get you through the times to come. Never mind seeking after the world. Seek after the King. He will give you what you need. You don't need much. You you know, you just need um, enough for a means to an end here. David, are you teaching living poverty? If it's if seeking the kingdom of God uh, to serve Him will meet your needs, not your greeds, then do it. Verse 31, it says, I cleave unto thy testimonies. O Lord, put me not to shame. Amen. I believe if you do cleave to His testimonies, the Lord will not put you to shame. And He said that in so many ways. One of them we read earlier. He said, I will run the way of thy commandments when thou shalt enlarge my heart. Now, this is an acknowledgment of grace, isn't it? Lord, if you give me the grace, I ask you to give me the grace. You give me the grace and I will run the way of your commandments. This is the kind of understanding the Lord wants us to have, to have a decent relationship with Him. Look at uh, Psalm 65. In verse 4, Blessed is the man whom thou choosest and causes to approach unto thee, that he may dwell in thy courts. We shall be satisfied with the goodness of thy house, thy holy temple. You know, we'll be satisfied with what God gives us, the things of the kingdom of God. We don't need a lot. People who have a need for a lot, of things, to be happy. They don't love God. We don't need a lot. We just need to keep this vessel going until we can serve God in all things, right? But blessed is the man that God chooses and causes to approach unto him. Praise be to God. And um, I'm going to read 35 and 36. It says, Make me to go in the path of thy commandments, for therein do I delight. See, it's the same thing. You you put it in me, Lord, and I'll do it. You put it in me, and I'll do it. In uh, 80, chapter 80, verse 18. So shall we not go back from thee. Quicken thou us, and we will call upon thy name. Turn us again, O Lord God of hosts. Cause thy face to shine, and we shall be saved. A revelation of grace. This one from Asaph, a revelation of um, our need for God. And and God wouldn't put these prayers in here for us to read and to pray unless He planned on answering them. That's the awesome thing. I'll run the way of Thy commandments when Thou shalt enlarge my heart. And by the way, Lord, enlarge my heart. Praise be to God. Psalm 119 and 33, it says, Teach me, O Lord, the way of thy statutes, and I shall keep it unto the end. There's that way again. You know, teach us, train us, right? The way of his statutes. Give me understanding, and I shall keep thy law. Yeah, if we really understood from God's perspective what is important upon this earth, this is the only thing we'd be running after. Yeah. Give me understanding and I shall keep thy law. Yea, I shall observe it or keep it 
with my whole heart. That's the same word shamar again. Observe, keep. With my whole heart. Give me understanding, I shall keep thy law. I shall observe it with my whole heart. Boy, God's gift can, you know, He is able to save to the uttermost them that draw near unto Him. He's able to save to the uttermost. You know, some people don't know that God's salvation will go that far. He will save completely, perfectly. Save from sin, save from the curse, save from the world, save from our enemies. Verse 35, make me to go in the path of thy commandments. No, you, Lord, you got the clay. The clay is in your hand. You make the vessel that you want. A vessel of mercy, a vessel of honor, or a vessel of dishonor. You make the vessel. Make me, Lord, to to go in your path of your commandments. This is why we pray. That's why the Bible tells us to pray without ceasing. For therein do I delight. In other words, I want to go in the way of your commandments. Make me to do it. And who put the want to in there? We already read that. The Lord did. You can ask Him for the want to. You ask Him for the ability. Right? He works in us to will and to do. That's the want to and the ability. You need both, right? You're frustrated if you just have the want to, but you don't have the ability. But it's obvious here that God will give you both, right? Make me to go in the path of thy commandments. Incline thy my heart unto thy testimonies. Give me the desire and not to covetousness. In other words, not to the love of the world. A desire for more, more, more. The prosperity gospel, you know. God put you here to make you rich so you'd forget about Him. <laughs> right? Because that's what happens when you get rich. You forget about Him. You got your God. You know, your money is your God. It's just, it's a strong tower. The foolish man's strong tower is his riches. No, that's not God. He, he wants to make us quite content with food and covering. As uh, Paul told Timothy, be content with food and covering, right? But seek after the Lord with all your heart, right? Turn away mine eyes from beholding vanity. Yeah, don't look too much. I used to tell my kids, I said, if you don't want to buy, don't go looking. <laughs> they asked me, hey, Dad, you want to go look at that? No, I don't want to go look at that. No, I might want one if I go look at it. <laughs> I don't want to do that. You don't want to buy, don't go looking. Don't tempt yourself, right? Turn away mine eyes from beholding vanity. Quicken me in thy ways. That's what I want. I want more of God. I want more of God. I've told the Lord, I've made sacrifices unto the Lord. I'd say, well, Lord, that would be nice. But I tell you what, you keep that. I want this. You know, give me this. You know, I always want more of the Lord, you know. Give me more of you, Lord. And the world loves this and the world loves that. And yeah, it would be nice. But I would rather you keep that and give me this. You know? <laughs> I know that the Lord will supply our every need according to his riches and glory. You know, he, he, I believe the Lord wants to give us everything we need 
to do His will. But not everything we want to turn us away from God. Materialism has turned so many people away from God. Just as Paul told Timothy. 38. Confirm unto thy servant thy word, which is an order unto the fear of thee. Confirm it. You know, prove to me this word. Let's see this word act in my life. Let's see it fulfilled in my life. Lord, confirm it. You know, the Lord confirms His Word with signs and wonders following, the Bible says. And, uh, of course, He wants to do that for us, too. But He confirms His Word. We believe we stand on it. He brings it to pass. If we won't doubt in our heart, but believe that what we say comes to pass, it will. That's what the Lord said. Which is in order unto the fear of Thee. This is the beginning of wisdom. We were saying the other day how that some people have may even be preachers, but they don't even have the beginning of wisdom. Why would they be a preacher? Why could they even consider themselves a pastor or a leader of God's people when they don't fear God? When the clear word of God doesn't make them tremble and say, Oh, that's what the Lord wants. You know, I'm going to submit to that, you know. When they, all they have before their eyes is uh, their own selfish desires. And they think they'll get away with it. Turn away my reproach, whereof I am afraid. For thine ordinances are good. Amen. Turn away from me those things that are a reproach unto me. I'm afraid where they might lead me. Right? I'm afraid what might become of me. Right? So if you ask God, what's he going to do? He's going to do just what you ask Him to, right? Do you have that desire? Jesus said so many times, all things whatsoever you ask in prayer, believing you shall receive, you know. Why, if we really believe that, wouldn't we be asking for everything all of the time, right? I mean, if you really believe that, if you take that to a lost person who never heard about the Word of God and said, this is what God is saying to you, think about this, you know. What would you? How would you act if you really believed that all things whatsoever you ask in prayer, believe and you shall receive? How would you act if you really believed it? Boy, I tell you, you'd be praying without ceasing like you're commanded, right? He said, Jesus said, ask that your joy may be made full. Ask. And especially those things that have to do with the spiritual walk with the Lord, not just the physical things. Many people just, all they want is physical, physical, physical. But the most important are the spiritual, and that's mostly what he's talking about here in Psalm 119. Behold, I have longed after thy precepts. Quicken me in thy righteousness. Make me alive. Make me able, Lord. Make me able to partake with the saints. I've longed after thy precepts. Please fulfill them in me, Lord. Please show them to me. Open my understanding. Verse 41. Let thy loving kindness also come unto me, O Lord. Thy mercy. So I don't know if some of your Bibles might say mercy, right? Let thy mercy come unto me. Even thy salvation according to thy word. Of course, you know, this is somebody who's saved asking for salvation. So the limited idea a lot of people have about salvation is, is false. 
We need salvation until the end of our physical life here. We need salvation. We need God to save us from everything. <laughs> everything. And of course, His promises do, do uh, promise just that. Salvation from all things, right? So shall I have an answer for him that reproacheth me. For I trust in thy word. Amen. And take not the word of truth utterly out of my mouth. For I have hoped in thy ordinances. Amen. Give us, Lord. Give us the ability to give good answers to those that reproach us. Let your word be anointed in us to go forth and meet the need around us and to give answers to the wicked around us and to the righteous who are seeking you. Lord, just put your answers in our heart, right? So shall I observe thy law continually or keep thy law continually forever and ever. Father, we thank you to do this in our hearts, Lord. Cause us to observe your law continually. Thank you, Father. In verse 45, I And I shall walk at liberty, for I have sought thy precepts. I remember the Lord gave me this verse about 23 years ago. He gave me this verse. Um, 23, 24 years ago. Uh, we were new I think it was 24 years ago. We were new in this area at the time. And um, I asked the Lord, Lord, you know, don't know anybody here. You know, I would like to you know, come to know some of your people here. And, um, you know, where do you want me to go? Would you like me to go to a church, this church, that church, visit somebody, you know? And this is the word the Lord spoke to me. And I shall walk at liberty, for I have sought thy precepts. And I knew what the Lord was saying to me. <laughs> I, I knew there wasn't much chance for me getting caught up in a church because it had been a long time, you know, since I'd had anything like that. But I, you know, when the Lord sets you free, you can go in and go out and find pasture. And that's what I was doing. I was, uh, I, I, uh, visited a lot of places and I shared with a lot of people and they asked a lot of questions and I shared a lot of things with them and, I enjoyed, I still always enjoy fellowshipping with God's people. There's no, should be no division in our heart about fellowshipping with God's people. But we certainly don't want to get caught up in something that's not, that's not of the Lord. If we're there sent by God to give, that's fine. We're not there to receive something that, that might not be good for us. But we can receive something from everybody, can't we? We can receive something from everybody. Everybody's got a gift that is superior to ours. And that's the way God built the body. You know, some people are gifted in one area and some in another. And we can receive anywhere. Anywhere. I will also speak of thy testimonies before kings and shall not be put to shame. Amen. I agree with that. I believe that. I'm believing the Lord to do that. And we know God's got a lot of kings out there, doesn't he? <laughs> the Lord is raising up some of you out there to be kings. Kingdom kings, right? And I will delight myself in thy commandments, which I have loved. Amen. 
good confession in the sight of many witnesses. I will delight myself in thy commandments, which I have loved. I will lift up my hands also unto thy commandments, which I have loved. And I will meditate on thy statutes. I will meditate on thy statutes. Hallelujah. Have you ever seen even the people of the world saying, I'll do this and I'll do that, and God and that ability just, they did it, you know. They professed it and they did it. Praise the Lord. That's that's uh, natural and not just spiritual. I've seen many people, you know, um, confess exactly what they ended up doing, right? Remember the word unto thy servant, because thou hast made me to hope. Praise the Lord. We we hope in the promises of God, and we are, the Lord said, his remembrancers. He called us his remembrancers. We remind the Lord, now, Lord, you said this. You said this. Uh, we're probably reminding us more than we're reminding him. He's not, he's not forgetful, is he? But, Lord, you said this, and I believe it, and I'm standing upon it, and I'm just reminding you. Be, where is the remembrancers, right? This is my comfort in my affliction, for thy word hath quickened me. Boy, the word of God is really strengthens you. It really comforts you. It really reminds you of how you're supposed to be thinking. You know, like Paul spoke in uh, Philippians chapter 4. Think on these things. Whatsoever things are lovely and of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. I was sharing with a young brother a couple of days ago, you know, about why is this in my heart and why is that in my heart? I said, well, what are you thinking on? You know, why is this um, temptation overcoming me? Why is these feelings in me, I said, well, what are you thinking on? Are you allowing yourself to think on these things? That's going to stir up your emotions, you know. Stop thinking on these things. Meditate on God's Word. You know, fill your heart with the Word. Stop thinking on these things. Cast down those imaginations, you know, that exalt themselves against the knowledge of God. My comfort in my affliction for... Thy word hath quickened me. The word will make you alive. Thinking on the things the devil sows into your heart will destroy you, right? Proud have had me greatly in derision, yet have I not swerved from thy law. Amen. You know, God will give you grace when you wonder, what would I do if I get caught in this situation? I remember what uh, Corey Tenboom's dad told her. So when do I give you the ticket? A week before you're going or when you're getting ready to get on the the train, you know? You don't you don't need it until you need it. You need grace when you need it. You don't need it before then. You imagine yourself the way the gift that you have now being put in this terrible situation saying, "Lord, what would I do?" But just remember you don't need it until you need it. And I've found that too. I've been put in some bad situations and found that grace showed up in the nick of time. 
you know, to be and to say and to stand up for what I was supposed to. And uh, we should think about that too. You know, when iniquity abounds, grace much more abounds. When the problem is big, that's when the Lord will stand up. He'll be the Lord in you, right? You just keep putting the Word in there, and the Lord in you is able to overcome any situation. Don't worry about what you might not be someday down the road. The Bible says, sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. Let the more take care of itself. You know, Just trust in God today, and He will be there tomorrow too. He's your Savior, right? I have remembered thine ordinances of old, O Lord, and have comforted myself. Boy, I tell you, I, uh, I love for the Holy Spirit to bring to remembrance things that He said to me in the past that gave me comfort. And I asked the Lord for a better memory. You know, when I was young in the Lord, I didn't have a very good memory. And it was probably because I smoked too much dope when I was young. And it kind of messed up my short-term memory. But you know, when I first got into the kingdom, um, I w- one of the f- actually the second church I went to, they were they had uh, put a memory of these certain verses in our mind, you know, to to really attack other doctrines and things like that, and convert people to our way of thinking. And uh, th- they came to me fairly easily, and I converted people to my way of thinking. But I I found out, you know, that. When I'm not memorizing something in order to use it with my carnal mind, that just the fact that I've studied it and thought upon it before puts it down in my spirit. And God says that He will bring all things to your remembrance. The Holy Spirit will bring all things to your remembrance, which I have said unto you. But He doesn't bring them to your remembrance for your carnal mind. He brings them to your remembrance in a time when they're needed and when the Holy Spirit Himself wants to speak through you, you know. I've told people before who've told me, David, I just love that teaching, and I, I understood it, but when I tried to give it to someone else, it just came out like mush, you know. I said, well, that's because you weren't supposed to give it. You know, <laughs> you know if, it, if you were, you know, sometimes we just want people to have certain revelations, but when, no, when the a Lord anoints you to give that, it will come out. It will be for the person that's supposed to have it, and everything will be right, you know. But we have ambitions. We want to show things to people. And maybe things that we love that really helped us, but maybe it might not be something that they particularly need at this time, you know. But when the time comes, you know, the Bible says, study to show yourself approved, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed. We study first for us. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. We study first. We study to get the board out of our eye so we can see clearly to get the mote out of our brother's eye. If you're not studying for you, if you're studying for someone else, that's that's not the right way. The truth is we're supposed to sow it in us, in our hearts, and then let the Holy Spirit bring it out of us for others. And, that, and of course, He's going to bring it out the way He wants to bring it out, the way he wants to use it. Uh, I'm going back to what I said earlier. When I was young and impetuous and um, was using my memory for what I wanted, I really wasn't doing the Lord's will. I found that the weakness I had from the days of my old days of smoking dope and 
losing my short-term memory weren't necessarily a hindrance. God was using my weakness for his strength. And he showed that to me back then. It wasn't necessarily a, a bad thing. But I tell you, when the Lord starts bringing it all to your remembrance, you know, that's a real gift. And he wants to do it for other people around you. Verse 53 says, Hot indignation hath taken hold upon me because of the wicked that forsake thy law. Yeah, I remember the Lord saying, The zeal of thy house hath eaten me up. He quoted from Psalms, I believe it was. You know, when he took made a, a whip of cords and went through the temple and drove out the money changers. You know, I I... I don't believe I've ever done that, but <laughs> but I tell you, one one person who has the ability to do that and the righteous ability to do that, and that's the Lord Himself. You know, like I was saying a while ago, man can't judge, but the Lord can, and the Lord can even be angry. The Bible says, "Let all anger be put away from you." But the Lord Himself, the Bible says, looked around about upon them with anger. He was talking about those self-righteous Pharisees. God in Jesus judged those men. He spoke very harsh things to those people. Things that we can't get away with, honestly. Who art thou, that, O oh man that judges? When you judge others, you judge yourself, right? Things that we can't get away with, the Holy Spirit can. And when He anoints you to speak those things, they may seem very harsh to people around you like they did when they came out of Jesus and John the Baptist, you know. Well, John was a rough old guy, you know. He called them a brood of vipers. And um, they were. But the Lord can judge, and the Lord can judge in us if we're not predisposed to be judges and if we're not predisposed to be angry or competitive with people around us but we're just there as a vessel of God, wanting to be His His vessel and um, submitting to Him. He's able to do these things. We're not. We'll get judged for doing the same thing that He can do and get away with. <laughs> Thy statutes have been my songs in the house of my pilgrimage. I love to sing Bible, don't you? You know how it's so easy to remember the Bible when you you sing songs that are verses. Have you ever noticed that? I love that. That's just awesome. Of course, many of the psalms were made that for that reason. I have remembered thy name, O Lord, in the night, and have observed thy law. You think about God during the night? I do. I wake up all hours of the night sometimes thinking about the Lord, thinking about answers, thinking about people's problems, thinking about, you know, direction. And I'm just talking to the Lord in my mind. You know, you don't have to talk to the Lord out of your mouth. He, he hears everything that's in your mind. You know, you can talk to Him in your mind. And He'll talk back to you, too. I've, and the best time I have when it's real quiet and there's not the phone ringing, people knocking on the door, uh, emails piling up. Uh, uh, you know, this is, to me, the best time is in the night. And uh, that's when I do most of my praying and getting answers from the Lord and getting direction from the Lord. This I have had because I have kept thy precepts. Amen. Praise the Lord. I tell you, if you will keep his precepts, he will give you more, won't he? 
If we act on what we receive, He will give us more. If we sow, we'll reap. If we walk in the light, we're able to walk in light even further out. You know, the Lord is my portion. I have said that I would observe thy words. You know, I feel that way, um, that the Lord is my inheritance. The Bible says that too. You know, the Lord is my portion. He's what I want in this world. You know, I want more of Him. If God wants to give me a gift, I want more of Him. I know that He can do this job much better than me, you know. And if He wants to give me a gift beyond that, I like the one in in uh, Psalm chapter 1, you know. I'm going to read that one to you, to you just for a second. And that is uh, Psalm 2 and verse 8. Ask of me, and I will give thee the nations for thine inheritance, and the uttermost parts of the earth for thy possession. Amen. Lord, give us souls. Never mind about Cadillacs and fancy houses and all that stuff. Give us souls, Lord. Give us something eternal. You know, I want my portion to be Him and His people, right? You know, what was uh, the Great Commission all about? The thing that was most dear to the Lord's heart just before He left this earth, you know, and it was the Great Commission. You know, go and bring this to my brethren. That's what He wanted. The Lord is my portion. I have said that I would observe Thy words. I believe that in the days to come, people are going to take the Great Commission seriously and um, suddenly spread the word over this whole earth. This has never actually happened, you know that, don't you? But it, it will be. I entreated thy favor with my whole heart. Favor is the description of what the word grace means, right? Favor. Favor from God, right? I entreated thy favor with my whole heart. Be merciful unto me according to thy word. Amen. Lord, give us mercy. Give us grace, Lord. This we need more than anything. If we've got your favor, we've got your grace, Lord, we can handle anything that comes at us. Not that everything that comes at us isn't from your hand. Not that a man can't receive, doesn't receives anything except from heaven. Lord, everything we get comes from you. And so we know that with your mercy and with your grace, your favor, we can handle it, right? Give me the grace today to handle what you're sending my way today, Lord. Don't let me fail you, right? I thought on my ways and turned my feet unto thy testimonies. Amen. This is repentance, right? You know, there's a lot of people that don't study the Word of God and don't think they have any need to repent. They think they're pretty good. They haven't killed anybody after all, you know, so so they're pretty good. They're okay, you know. But when you read the Word of God, it tells you, like I said, where you stand and where you need to go. And it keeps on doing that, you know. It keeps convicting you of what's wrong in your life. The cumulative effect of getting revelation, repenting, Deciding to go God's way is a holy life. Praise the Lord. And turned my feet unto thy testimonies. 
this is a this is a a trial uh, for all of us. You know, many are called, but few are chosen. We're all called to partake of the benefits of the kingdom, but not everybody's going to be chosen because not everybody is going to walk after the benefits of the kingdom. And um, religion uh, pretty well designs people to uh, be content with far less than what God has given. But if the Lord turns your feet towards His testimonies, you're going to be convicted, convinced, and brought to repentance. Right? And He said, I made haste and delayed not to observe Thy commandments. This is a, where the fear of the Lord gives great wisdom and great gifts to us, right? I made haste to observe Thy commandments. The cords of the wicked have wrapped me round, but I have not forgotten Thy law. And he says, of course, that he would have perished if he had forgotten the law, right? The cords of the wicked are round about me. Let me read that to you. Let's see. Verse 92. Unless thy law had been my delight, I should then have perished in mine affliction. I will never forget thy precepts, for with them thou hast quickened me. Listen, everybody goes through afflictions. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. But the Lord delivereth him out of them all. But he said here, Unless thy law had been my delight, I should then have perished in mine affliction. There are many who perish in their afflictions. If, and if they would have delighted in the Lord's word, they would have been saved. The cords of the wicked have wrapped me around, but I have not forgotten thy law. At midnight I will rise to give thanks unto thee. I know that bothers some of you. Oh, no, Lord, don't wake me up at midnight. <laughs> at midnight I will rise to give thanks unto thee because of thy righteous ordinances. Amen. Wow, what a blessing, Lord, your word is. What a blessing. What a uh, an awesome strengthening, you know, that you give to us. I am a companion of all of them that fear thee. Yep, hang out with the people that fear God, right? That fear will be in you. You know, righteousness and purity and a desire for truth will be in you, right? Hang out with people that are willing to repent, you know. We all need to do it. We all need to humble ourselves one to another. Iron sharpens iron, you know. And of them that observe thy precepts, hang out with people that Believe the Word of God and obey it. Not with those that are full of excuses, right? The earth, O Lord, is full of Thy loving kindness. Teach me Thy statutes. Amen. The earth is full of God's grace and mercy, right? For information, materials, and to contribute, Go to unleavenedbreadministries.org. Contributions only may be addressed to David Eels, Post Office Box 231616, Montgomery, Alabama 36123.
thirsting soul. Purest water made me whole. Let your streams of mercy flow, oh Jesus. I trust in you. Though the mountains fall into the sea, though the rivers rise, I still believe. Oh, your mercy stands and your word is true, oh Jesus. Encouraging word will do as I walk the Lord's path. 
I cannot glory unless I glory in Him, because to Him who knows to do a good thing and does not, it is sin who I am. It doesn't really matter who I am. Who I am. It doesn't really matter who I am. And I'm vexed deep inside by all the vanity I see. Instead of a word from the Lord. You only hear the melody Our faith has been shipwrecked By the idols in our hearts It's better to be never known at all Than from the Lord to depart Who I am It doesn't really matter who I am Who I am doesn't really matter who I am. It doesn't really matter who I am or where I'll be. My point is to be used to make a difference. I don't need to make history. church positions it is not in superstitions but church activities true repentance is an act of brokenness from the grief of your regrets of a life that's now deceased true deliverance is not a road you walk alone but with my spirit says the Lord as you walk away from sin, true salvation It's not displayed in how you're treated It's not in prayers that you've repeated Time and time again Cause this is not a game And this is not a chance to see the spotlight It's not about a church that seats a thousand Or a choir that sings on key it's about the kingdom And when will you make time to share my gospel Make time to point the lost to a brighter day in eternity And make time for me When will you make time for me True holiness is a goal you cannot reach If you ignore humility On this road you walk each day True conviction Is not in these mortal words But by my spirit says the Lord As I draw your heart my way True righteousness Is found by faith in me alone You can't attain it on your own and once attained, it bears much fruit. The true church is a church that seeks to serve me with a zeal to give me glory. Does this church consist of you? 
Cause this is not a game And this is not a chance to see the spotlight It's not about a church that seats a thousand Or a choir that sings on key It's about the kingdom And when will you make time to share my gospel Make time to point the lost to a brighter day in eternity Oh, and this is not a game And this is not a chance to see the spotlight It's not about a church that seats a thousand Or a choir that sings on the key